On today's edition of the show, we're going to discuss comments that Paul Maurice saying that the Panthers aren't sellers. And we're also going to be discussing the Tampa Bay Lightning making a trade to bolster their roster ahead of their matchup against the Florida Panthers and another team responding to it and more on the Florida Panthers injury front ahead of Tuesday's game on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, February 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the YouTube channel and send in your five-star rating on whichever podcast app you listen to and send it over to me over at LO underscore FLA Panthers on Twitter or email it to me at LockedOnFLAPanthers at gmail.com for your chance to win two free tickets to the Florida Panthers versus Chicago Blackhawks game. And we just passed 200 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So sincerely, thank you, everybody, for subscribing to the channel. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But so... It's crazy how just the night before on Sunday night when Alex Slemp and I of Full Press NHL spoke about when the Panthers should be sellers. And we said when, when it came to this Florida Panthers team and just being honest about where this team is, of course, having a little bit of hope in January when they made a little bit of a run but then dropping against Buffalo. And honestly, it's, again, we're in acceptance mode. At least I am, and a lot of you guys too. But is Bill Zito and Paul Maurice in acceptance mode too? So, and that's the big question. Uh, Paul Maurice did talk to George Richards of Florida Hockey Now and spoke about how they he believes that in the group that the Panthers have and that you're either buyers or sellers at the trade deadline and that the Panthers are not sellers. And part of me hears that and it's a little bit of lip service. Of course, you're in in actuality, you are two points out of the final spot in actuality. But the hill you have to climb, the even with three days off, multiple three three days off in mo- in the last week and a half, you're still behind the eight ball. And you're going to have another gap of in two weeks where after the Florida Panthers play the Winnipeg Jets on March 11th, their next game won't be until the 16th. And if the Florida Panthers don't get some wins together, that four-day stretch with more even more games in hand could even look worse for the Panthers. So these two games, even though I still think the Panthers are sellers at this point, it's you can't drop any of the points. You really can't. But 
is Paul Maurice being honest with himself? And is Bill Zito being honest with himself as well? Or is that just lip service? I'm starting to think the latter, honestly. There was a quote that I do agree, kind of agree with, with Paul Maurice talking about how the, that the Florida Panthers are not at the tail end of a five to six year run that they're at the start of it. And I only half agree with that statement because think about this. Yeah, I know the Florida Panthers only have three players left from their 2020 bubble season. Barkoff, Ekblad, Bobrovsky. But you think about the building blocks of this team when Ekblad and Barkoff were first drafted and, and let's include Huberto there too. About the growing pains they had to go through. Of course, Dale Talon trades for Yarmir Yager. They go on a they go on a twelve game winning streak at that time, win the division, losing six against New York, and then don't make the playoffs for a few more years after that. And then here comes Bill Zito. Here comes a new coach the year before and Joe Quenville. And the Panthers look to have taken that next step. But then of course circumstances come with everything off the ice. And, of course, trades, too. And a trade to get younger, which I still applaud Bill Zito for, for doing so, because Matthew Kachuk is a joy to watch. And this team did get younger. But you think about an ability to reset and the ability to use some assets in order to trade for something bigger, assuming that the salary cap rises more than it's anticipated. And something I haven't really mentioned on the podcast yet is the fact that Bally Sports is about to file for bankruptcy if they haven't already, which could affect the salary cap for the upcoming offseason too. So we that is still up in the air for the Panthers. We still don't have an idea. Even though Gary Bettman did come out and say that they're going to be up to $6 billion in revenue. What does Bally's sports's file filing for bankruptcy? How does that affect what the Panthers do? And how does that affect their mindset when it comes to trading away a stall, the stalls, both stalls to give them a chance to win a cup. And even Gudis, they talk about how Radko Gudis, they might want to bring him back for next season, but you know, you got to get a little younger. You got to get, you, you got to hopefully use some of the pieces that you have because, because, because Ratko's not going to get you a one. He could possibly get you a two, highly doubt it. But the ones who could get you a one, like we spoke about yesterday, that could help flip for something even bigger. Yeah, you might be sacrificing on the offensive end. And yeah, even though the expected goals, for the Panthers are high. The actual goals aren't the best for the, for the Panthers. Of course, they're still in the top 15 of the league, but how much are you willing to sacrifice the offensive production to bring a better defensive part for your team who can also play offense? And by that, I'm talking about Jacob Chickren. Why am I mentioning him? Because Elliot Freeman at 32 Thoughts keeps mentioning this for some reason. And the fact that he keeps mentioning it must mean something. And he mentions 
that the Florida Panthers really want to do it. But that the cap space or lack thereof and the draft capital lack thereof is holding them back from making this move. How much is Bill Zito willing to swing? And this is not a trade deadline move for the Panthers. And they're likely going to miss out on Chikrin. And here's why. There's so much drama with Chikrin out in the desert. He's been out, he's been out for two weeks for trade-related reasons that it's best for the Coyotes to just cut their losses and trade them right at the deadline. And they don't want to retain salary neither. The Panthers are not going to get him. Likely not. But when it comes to Bennett and Reinhardt, who are starting to get a little older, what can you get those for, for those in order to flip for something else? Because good GMs get rid of guys a year too early versus a year too late. And look at Jonathan... Nuberto, look how he's doing in Calgary right now. Mackenzie Weger is looking to be the better part of that trade for the Calgary Flames at this moment in time. But look at Huberto. Still a great trade by Bill Zito. And you, you risk a little bit, but you rolled the dice, and so far it's been working out for the Panthers. What can he do next as far as that? But as far as sellers, not being sellers, what Palmieri says, it's also not up to him as well so i wouldn't read too much in to paul marie saying that the panthers aren't necessarily sellers neither because anything can change from now until march 3rd at 3 p.m and i the poll that i put up saying when will the panthers make their move to sell before the tampa bay game or the 11th hour of the trade deadline 75% of you guys said at the 11th hour, which will be on pins and needles wondering what the Panthers could potentially get out of this trade deadline. And Bill Zito might be waiting to see if the Panthers do, in fact, drop any of the games against Tampa Bay and Nashville, or if they win both of them and get four points out of four. And it just... So up in the air. And 32 thoughts, that's why I mentioned Elliot Freeman. They did an hour and 45-minute episode on discussing every team's at, at the trade deadline. And he said that the Florida Panthers are the hardest ones to figure out. And here we are. Of course, the buyout money has a lot to do with it and how cap-strapped they are, which you wonder what they can pull off, too. So that's where we're at when when it comes to the trade deadline and you wonder even though this is a gap year is it a wasted year for the core not not necessarily brandon montour is having a, a even though he's not necessarily the core brandon montour is having his best individual season carver hagee of course etulus terrain matthew kachuk is is having a great season but as far as it coming as a collective and resulting in wins, that's what you wonder if it's wasted or not, or is this just a year of getting accumulated to each other? And then next year it coming all together. So tough when you're 
going through it in what is called a gap year for the Florida Panthers. In segment number two, we're going to discuss the trade that the Tampa Bay Lightning did make on Sunday night slash Monday morning that has bolstered their roster ahead of their matchup against the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night. We're going to discuss this more here on on the show. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. That's right. Head to your Walmart today. Head to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut pasta. If you're a Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Segment number two here on this Tuesday, February 28th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panther po- podcast. And the NHL trade deadline is Friday, March 3rd. Join us live on the Lockdown NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern as the Lockdown NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Still trying to figure out my plans as far as the trade deadline based on day job and things going down. <laughs> That's if the Panthers even decide to make some moves, which once again, now we're expecting it to be at the 11th hour of the trade deadline based on the next two games, I guess. Um, like I said, only two points out, but still, it's very unlikely. Uh, I will say, uh, we did talk about how money pucks uh, chances to make the postseason were likely going to be in the low 30s and checked it this morning. It was in the low 30s, so it's not looking good for this team, that's for sure. But we spoke with, again, going back to what we said yesterday for with Alex Slemp of Full Press NHL, talking about how the Tampa Bay Lightning were kicking the tires on forward Tanner Janot, but it didn't become official until later after that episode dropped. And oh my goodness, the the what... The Tampa Bay Lightning gave up to get Tanner Janot to be part of their middle six or bottom six. Uh, defenseman Cal, Cal Foot, 24 years old, who was a first-round pick for, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and a 2025 first, 2024 second, and a 2023 third, fourth, and fifth. My instant reaction was, my goodness, the Tampa Bay Lightning paid too much for Tanner Janot. But he does have RFA rights, too. So you think of a price that the Tampa Bay Lightning would get to try to keep someone. It's not an expiring deal. So, But still, in this flat cap world, you're getting that kind of return for Tanner Janot. Again, it goes back to the Panthers and what they could possibly get back for Sam Reinhart or Sam Bennett. And David Poyle... The GM for the Nashville Predators, he announced his retirement. He's he's been with the Nashville Predators since their the beginning of their franchise. And Barry Trotz being the first coach in Nashville Predators history is going to be his successor. So what a way for David Poyle to go out with a bang 
to get this much of a return for Tanner Janelle. And let's go back to the whole overpay. Think about Brandon, Brandon Hagel. You give up two ones, the 2023 and the 2024 first-round pick. Help them get to the conference final. Excuse me, Stanley Cup final, even though they lost to the Colorado Avalanche, which I still believe uh, Brandon Hagel uh, boarded uh, Etzulu Serena. It should have been a five-minute major, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. You talk about when they traded for Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. They gave up a 2020 first-round pick, but it wasn't Tampa Bay's first that they gave up. It was Vancouver's first-round pick. Guess how they got that asset by trading JT Miller to Vancouver when he was 25 years old. Use that asset in order to get someone who was going to help them win a Stanley Cup. And Blake Coleman was a big part of that third line along with Yanni Gord and Barkley Goudreau. Yanni Gord, a homegrown player, undrafted. Help them get to a to a cup. So you think you can't get something for a 27-year-old Sam Reinhart that can help you create something bigger? Speaking of Barkley Goudreau, Barkley Goudreau was a guy who had playoff experience with the San Jose Sharks. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning traded their first round pick from 2020 to San Jose to get Barkley Goudreau and then traded his UFA rights to New York for a seven after winning the cup. So you use that asset, you want a cup and you even got something out of it after. That's great. That's great asset management by Julian Brisewell and Steve Eiserman even before that. And it, it looks a little different when you're giving up first-round picks and you're a consistent winner. Yeah, 2022 was the Reinhardt trade. You gave up Devin Levi, who could be the goalie of the future for the Buffalo Sabres if Uka Pekalukinen doesn't work out. The other one was Yuri Kulich, who had an amazing World Juniors. That's the first-round pick that you gave up. And then the rental first-round picks and Sherratt, Giroux. Those those are the ones that hurt. But you didn't give up as much as you could have because Giroux only wanting Florida as his destination, which is why the Chicago Blackhawks are going to get a super underwhelming return in Patrick Kane, which is likely going to become official on Wednesday. So... With the 2025 one with Kachuk, different story because you're going to get eight more years of this guy. With the Tampa Bay Lightning getting Tanner Janot, they're going to get more than just this year with Janot. They've got multiple years. I'm not sure what Brandon Hagel's contract looks like with the Lightning. But let's also not forget Nick Paul. They he got a seven year deal after trading for from from Ottawa, and 
let's also talk about how Julian Breezebois looks at this trade. While a lot of people might see it as an overpay, Julian Breezebois was talking about how let, let me actually pull up the quote. He says, quote, at the end of the day, I know there's a perceived value on these picks, but we have a really good idea of what actual value those picks are. Individually, you can go, what's that first round pick worth? What's that second round pick? And so forth and so on. And we look at what is worth to us based on the odds of those picks turning into good NHL players down the road. I'd rather have the good player right now this season and next to help this group right now because I know what what the odds are of those picks turning into players. I also know what the odds are of those picks turning into players that could help us win while we have this group of players right now in their prime, ready to go for another run. The odds are that that are of that are zero. None of those picks are going to help. None of the picks are going to, we're going to draft with those picks that are going to help us win this year or next, or probably even the year after that. So when you put it into that context and you frame it that way, it ends up being a pretty easy decision, actually. Close quote. And yeah, last year was still the year to go for for Bill Zito. But man, when you fall short, it just... And, and the reset after that is... And the lack of retention. Yeah, the Panther. Yeah, Mason Marchment for... The Dallas Stars has has not been has not been what we advertised them to be when signing when he signed with the Stars. Yeah, the cap didn't allow the Panthers to re-sign a Claude Giroux. Man, what those six point four million dollars for the in dead cap for this Panthers team could have been if they could have used that for Giroux. That it also goes back to that too. And you think about where it looks different when you win multiple years, but when you're a team that hasn't won, hasn't proven themselves, the Panthers are still unproven. They're not proven. Yeah, they want a playoff series. They, have, they haven't done more. They haven't made it to the conference final. And... <laughs> Even if they do sneak in to the playoffs this year, you're going to go up against Boston Bruins team that's likely going to have one of the best regular seasons ever. They're probably going to, I'm not sure what their point pace is, but I think they're going to pass what the Florida Panthers did last year. And that's when it, with an experienced bunch who has been to Stanley Cup finals even though this seems like a last dance for Boston. But when it comes to going for it, it looks different when you're a winner. When you when it falls short, like it did for the Panthers last year, it makes trade deadlines like this one look a little head-scratching. And when you're a bubble playoff team let's let's call it what it is a bubble playoff team it's a it 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 makes your decision a little harder because you don't know which direction to go even though i think it's more to the seller side for for the for the panthers and let's also not forget to mention 
that the Chicago the Toronto Maple Leafs responded to the Tampa Bay Lightning trading for Tanner Janot. That they traded for Sam Lafferty and Jake McCabe and gave up first round picks uh for Jake McCabe. And now the Chicago Blackhawks have a whole bunch of assets in the next few years. Three first round picks, six first round picks in the next three drafts. And that's where you're likely not gonna get a first round pick for Patrick Kane. <laughs> Incredible what Cal Davidson is doing over in Chicago. And that this is a matchup that's been set up for for months now. So Maple Leafs Lightning, that's gonna be a fun one. And as Panther fans, you just hope they both lose. But of course, one has to win. So it's interesting to see what when one team makes a trade, how much the other team responds like the very next day. So yeah, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty over to the Toronto Maple Leafs after they got Ryan O'Reilly. So they are stacking up in the in the East. They're the buying conference. The West is the selling conference. That's just and the Panthers likely not making it just and up against this competitive Eastern conference. You got to wonder when they, when the off season does hit, who's going to be, which young team is going to take that next step forward that could challenge the Panthers as well. And of course, Buffalo is one of them too. So they're only going to get better. In segment number three, we are going to discuss some of the injury front for the Panthers ahead of Tuesday's tilt versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who's in? Who's out? What did the lines look like in practice? And all that. We're going to discuss this more here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product that I literally use every day because I started taking AG1 because I need a little break from the coffee, which uh, which thankfully I have my Athletic Greens to help with that. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look after your health. Make it easy. Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Third and final segment here on this Tuesday, February 28th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, where now we now we actually get to talk about the actual game, which... I'm not really, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really looking forward to it. <laughs> and I will be in attendance for the game too. That's the thing. I, I'll be uh, packing my bags really early, getting up super early on, on Tuesday morning and heading right down to Emily arena to uh, cover the game. Uh, going, but we already have some injury updates ahead of today's game. Alexander Barkov and Sam Bennett will not be playing. But Paul Maurice did say that they'll be ex- they're expected to be back by the weekend, which means expect both of them to be out against Nashville as well. And also, 
take the take the words that Paul Murray says about injuries with a grain of salt. Anticipate for them to be a little longer. So who knows? When the Florida Panthers do welcome the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday, we could very well see that the Panthers are might not even have those guys neither. So it's just uh it's just at this point just to expect it. But the lines for the Panthers look like this. Kachuk, Lundell, Reinhardt on the top line, Verhage, Etulis Duranen, and Duclair on the second, Lomberg, Colin White, Nick Cousins on the third, Denisenko, Dalpi, and Casey Fitzgerald. You you don't you didn't expect to see that one. Casey Fitzgerald being on the on the fourth line. But Paul Maurice did say that Eric Stahl is expected to be back into the lineup. So expect uh Eric Stahl to be on that third line with Lomberg and Cousins, who have played pretty well at times and expect uh, Colin White to be manning that fourth line center and shifting Dalpy out to the wing. So chances are, we're going to see Tanner, Tanner Janot play for the Tampa Bay lightning on Tuesday. And let's not forget that the Tampa Bay lightning got slacked by the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sunday too. So they're going to come probably come in with a vengeance. It's, Bad news for the Panthers. It's especially with the injuries too. Right now, the hanging on by a thread when it comes to their season, even though I think it's basically finished for this team. And it, I, I, it's funny because I just hate coming on with this tone when it comes to this team, but it, it's we got to be truthful as well. And it's a... Uh, it's a hill to climb. And of course, with a win, you'll be at 500 since the 2021 season and the regular season at Emily Arena, which is a little bit of an encouraging sign. But no captain, no second line center. Team is depleted. Bobrovsky is likely going to have to stand on his head. Vasilevsky, you can expect him on the other end. The only time Brian Elliott really starts is on back-to-backs, really. That's the only time you'll see him. And Va- Vasilevsky is a work- workhorse, even though he's had extended playoffs playoff series under his belt. So expect him there. And you've got to wonder what the Panthers, how the Panthers are going to look in the face-off circle, too, as well. And Lundell's going to get an opportunity to be to get going a little more with having Rhino and Kachuk on his wings. Even though when he was on the wing with Barkov, it plateaued. But a great opportunity for Anton Lundell to kind of show what he's got. He's going to be facing up against the Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli probably as well. And you're gonna see, you're gonna see him matched up against those guys. So what can Mister Lundell do in a matchup like this? Too. Another player I want to highlight is Etulus Duran. And what? And I don't mind him taking second line minutes occasionally, but I do think he is best for the Panthers being their third line center long term. For 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 this team, so what what are how are how are they going to show up? And 
it's Duclair's second game back for the team. It it was a boost. It was a it was a confidence boost when we first heard that Anthony Duclair was coming back. But it kind of cancels out when you know that Barkoff and Bennett are not gonna be in, in, in the lineup because you you still don't see this team at full strength even even. So that's the that's the tough part about all of this and all coming down towards this part of the season, which I'm sure a lot of you are just looking forward to just getting Friday over with at Friday at 3 p.m. And if the Panthers stay pat, they stay pat. But no way in hell, in my opinion, that they're buying this season to make a, to make a run to possibly end in, in round one. It's just looking yourself in the mirror and having and just being honest with ourselves. On tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, it is a it will be a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Hopefully, when we talk to you next, we will be discussing a win over the Tampa Bay Lightning, which the Panthers, even in tie-breaking scenarios, we spoke about how a few weeks ago they were leading in regulation wins. Now they're not leading in regulation wins. So even if they even if they come out with the win, you're gonna have to need this and need it in regulation to help your tie-breaking chances if you want any chance to make the postseason. So looking looking forward to it and make sure you subscribe to to make sure that the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Lockdown NHL, Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. And don't forget Lockdown NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day and for your second listen of the day make sure you listen to game to game nhl every moment every top performance every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the nhl with local analysis that only locked on can deliver follow game to game on locked on nhl available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcast so i'm armando velez signing off and you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>